Welcome to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. Our guest for this episode is a fertility coach who will provide some insight on the season and also share her story and some holistic ways to get through this journey. So welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining. The premise Thank you so much for having me, Daniel. So before we get started, um, Natalie, if you can provide um, some insight on who you are, what you do, any highlights um, before we get into the questions. Well, basically, as you said, um, I'm a fertility coach. Um, I just actually became a coach after going through my journey of infertility, and I just basically provide um, all different types of support from um, emotional support to actual physical support. So it's a range of things that I do. Awesome. Awesome. And I think, you know, it's very important to have um, individuals who specialize in this, especially in this space, um, because it's not really common. So um, thank you for what you're doing for the infertility community. So, <laughs> so with infertility, I um, always ask this question when I have someone on, um, when we're talking about this subject, um, why do you feel that infertility is a taboo subject? You know, I was thinking about that, and the reason I was thinking was because it's a very personal subject, for one. It's very personal. Mm-hmm. and you know, you're just expected, women are just expected to be nurturers, we're expected to be breeders, it's just supposed to be just a natural thing that we do. Right. So that's why I would say it's taboo, because, you know, sometimes women feel less than if they can't do it, and they're not less than, it's just, they're just not. You know, they're still a woman, but society makes some people feel like they're less than a woman if you cannot conceive a child. Right. Right. And, and you know, we compare, we have this, you know, system of comparison that's like ingrained in our culture. Um, and so, like you said, you know, oftentimes people um, do feel like less because they're looking at themselves in comparison to their surroundings. So prior to, you know, your journey um, and trying to conceive, did you have a fertility story? Like, did you have an idea of like, okay, I want to be married when I'm 25. I want to start having children right away. Or maybe when I'm 27, I want to stop having children at 35. Did you have a plan outlined of what you wanted to see um, in that aspect? Well, yes, definitely. Um, My husband and I, uh, we met in college and we met at the age of 24. Mm -hmm. And um, my goal, one of my goals was to be married by the age of 30. We wanted to get to know each other. And so we were dating for four years. And so I said, I would like to get married by 30. My mom actually got married at the age of 18. Wow. So it's a very was a very different path that I took looking at my mom I I felt like I was kind of getting started old I'm much older but I just had a goal I said by 30 I would like to be married 
you know, because I didn't really even know anything. I mean, that what I know now about fertility and your eggs and all these things. But I just said, I just marked small, small, small goals. And I said, I, by 30, I would like to be married at least. And then having the children part, I didn't really have an age on that, to mm -hmm. be honest. I had my first daughter at 33. And it was the second child that that was where the challenge came in mm. for me. Okay. Yeah. What I found is that most women have a plan. <laughs> uh, the men, you know, the jury is, you know, 50-50. Some have a plan. Some most don't, honestly. Um, but I find that we as women, you know, we're naturally planners. And so I'm always interested to hear, you know, what plans um, women have for their life. So you said your husband and, and you and your husband met in college. Can you tell us a little bit about your love story? Well, yes. Well, basically, um, I was I always loved art, design. And so I uh, was at a junior college first. Well, first I started out at, at UCLA, actually. And then I transferred to a junior Santa Monica College. And then I transferred to Woodbury University. And that's... a very small design school, um, kind of less than the size of my high school. And that's where I met my husband. And it was just a very, very beautiful story. It just started off just as my, my um, professor took us to his class just to observe. Um, he, we're both in architecture. And just to observe his class, he didn't even see me in the class, but I noticed him. And then later on, I was asking him something about the field because I was like kind of on the fence with whether I wanted to continue mm -hmm. in that field or not. And I was just questioning him about that. And then after that, he just started coming to visit me in my studio. And it's just one thing led from another, but it just started out as a friendship. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really, I'd say attracted to him or anything like that, but you know, it just grew into that. That's um, beautiful. I, so the love of art, you know, led to real love. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, my yeah. husband and I met in college as well. So um, we share that. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about, um, you know, your idea of how you wanted things to go. Um, how did things differ um, in comparison to reality and your fertility? story so you stated that you had your first child at 33 um when did you kind of start having some um challenges in trying to conceive well i wanted to have another baby after that one you know she i said not right away maybe when she turns five six i was thinking you know that would be a good gap but my husband he's in the architectural field and at that time Things were very rough, you know, they, it was during the recession, there was not a lot of work in that field. So we kind of, you know, put it on the back burner. We mm -hmm. said, well, when we financially get better, we will have children. But then I, I looked to him and I'm like, I don't know how much time I have left. I don't really know mm -hmm. how you can't put this on hold. Some things you can put on hold, but some things you can't. Yeah. So I told him, you know, I think we should try to, try it before I'm 40. I mean, let's try to do something before I'm 40. And I did conceive at 38, but then I had a miscarriage at 38. Wow. Just devastated. Wow. I was devastated. Yeah. 
And was it um, an early miscarriage or how many months or weeks were you? Yeah, God, you know, he really spared me. It was a very early miscarriage, but it was a painful one. I was <laughs> surprised. Although nothing really had developed much, it was excruciating pain. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really that that world at all. Right. And women don't really talk about it, right? And so it's not until you're going through it yourself that you're like, whoa, this is what really happened. And I had an early miscarriage as well. Um, and I went through a lot of pain, both physically and emotionally. Um, and it's it's hard to describe, you know, as you're going through it. And um, you sometimes feel bad, you know, that you feel this way because it's so early, but it's still life, you know? Um, so how did you kind of process and move um, forward after that loss? Well, it was hard. It was hard, but um, I said, I can't give up. Yeah. I try again. And so that's when my journey began trying again to find out why, what went wrong. And I didn't know by 38, your chances of having like a successful pregnancy is already 50%. Mm -hmm. so it's just like educating yourself and then finding out what to do next. Right, right. So that then led you to um, IVF, right? So what was your experience with IVF and how did that impact your journey? Well, yes, there was a couple of steps before that, okay. but I don't know if you wanted to digress into that. Yes, we can. We can. Well, <clears throat> as I always say in my interviews, I'm originally born in Belize. And so the way I grew up, people always try to do things naturally. Mm -hmm. You always try to naturally before you do something as invasive as IVF. So I don't always remember the order that I did it in. I guess that's not really important, but the point is I did try something natural first. And then I, I remember around the same time I went to the um, gynecologist and they gave me Clomid mm -hmm. and I did start with the Western, I guess you would say remedies. And um, neither of those were successful. And so I tried to find out about a way I could do IVF. I didn't, I was in the financial situ, uh, position to do it. So I was researching online and I came across a, um, a clinic in Irvine, California, where they give away a free natural IVF cycle every month. Wow. Every, uh, every uh, once a month on a Saturday. And so I just signed up and I just went to the seminar and I just tried my, you know, chances there to see if I could get the treatment. Mm -hmm. So basically I went to the seminar and uh, they did a raffle. There was a room of about 30 people in this room and the lady was a former uh, patient and she had, was successful, had a baby african-american woman and she did the raffle she dropped the first number she turned to the people and she says what do i do now and then they said well just pull another um ticket so she pulled another ticket and the second ticket was my ticket wow <laughs> yeah so that's where my ivf journey began wow and <laughs> yeah 
it's interesting. And so I, I won the treatment and it was valued at $6,000. They did say it was about a thousand dollar balance I would have to come up with. And I said, no problem. You know, I'm sure I can get the thousand dollars. So I did, got the, got the money and then I began the treatment. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was a lot of poking and prodding and it was very painful, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And on the end, it was not successful. I did not, um, I did not conceive. Wow. Yeah. So another devastation. Another devastation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Wow. Cause I'm sure like your, your hopes were so high when they picked your name and you were probably like, this is it. This is a sign. I'm done. You know, um, but, you and know it was only one round. It was only one round. And I, I understood I understand that most people have to do about maybe three rounds. Yes. Just had, I had so much hope up to that point. I mean, I was on a prayer line every morning. I used to wake up at five o'clock wow. to be with ladies on a prayer line. And that's right, right after I was on this prayer line. That's when that, that breakthrough opened up for me. Yeah. So that's what really, I was like you said, devastated because I had so many people behind me. Mm-hmm. So after yeah. this happens, what were the next steps that you took um, in order to, you know, continue on in your journey? Well, the next steps that I took after, you know, my consultation, the doctor said my eggs were old at 41 years old. He's like, your eggs are old and you should have tested your eggs. So I didn't really, you know, pay that much attention. I just went online and I was doing some more research and I was reading that a lot of women that were successful at IVF, they did acupuncture. Mm -hmm. So, well, hmm, that seems natural. That seems something that I could try. So I tried doing acupuncture for about six months after my IVF failed. And then I didn't really see any results of that. And I went to the acupuncturist. He was really good. I mean, very painless. Uh, I used to fall asleep all the time in my <laughs> And so uh, I said, you know, I don't see anything happening. I mean, our time is getting away from me now. It's like, at this point, I'm like, like 42, 41. And um, he's like, well, you win some, you lose some. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> this guy, he's giving up on me. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's would have come with an encouragement because if he loses me, he's going to lose a, a customer, but he didn't really care because it was a cheap acupuncture place. I was a group acupuncture place. And I guess they get, he said they even get celebrities there. It mm -hmm. was just a place where a lot of people come. So he didn't really care about losing me. And should I proceed from there? What yes. Happened? Yeah. Go ahead. Tell your story. After that, you know, I, I tried some Chinese herbs and, I was trying to just add to the treatment I was doing, but I didn't really see anything. So one day I went to church and after church, I came home, I was on YouTube looking around and then I came across this podcast just like yours where this lady was talking about this holistic, ancient holistic treatment for women that couldn't conceive. And she said it's, it's called vaginal steaming. And it was like the first form of fertility help. And I was like, wait, I, mean, I didn't, I had never heard about this. 
and she was saying that she was from she was living in belize and i said i'm from belize she's living in belize this doesn't seem like a coincidence mm -hmm. and so that same day i ran out i went to the store and i got the herbs that she said to use to do this it's basically like a tea but instead of you drinking the tea you're sitting over the tea mm -hmm. so i just went, went to ralph's and i got the herbs that she said to take and then i came home i made my tea i i almost burned myself because <laughs> i wasn't really sure what i was doing yeah but yeah, I did it. And then the next month we were in um, Hawaii celebrating my daughter's birthday. And I, I had a positive test after four years. Wow. Yeah. God wow. Is good. Tell me about that moment when you got your first positive test. Oh, man. So many emotions. I mean, I already had figured that, you know, you get signs as a woman that you could possibly be expecting. But when you finally actually look at that test, mm -hmm. it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Like, wow, mm -hmm. this, this finally happened after so long. Yeah. Yeah. And you go on and you have this pregnancy and everything turns out fine. Yeah. Right. Everything was. The only thing is I had another C-section. Okay. I really wanted to have a natural birth. Um, you know, V back. I was trying to have a V back, but it didn't happen. The only little thing, little blessing I experienced my water breaking, mm -hmm. and I didn't expect that the last time. So I just count my blessings, you know. I, 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 in the bigger scheme of things, it really didn't matter, but um, yeah, awesome, awesome. So you talked about the vaginal um, steaming, um, and as a fertility cho um, coach, you take a holistic, you know perspective on things can you tell us a little bit more about you know the vaginal steaming and any other you know holistic um remedies that you have seen work or that you've um spoken with uh, to your clients um to just point them in the right direction yes well you know the mayan people from you know that are live in the villages where um in belize it's it's very diverse they have people there that are anywhere from Mayan to African people, Garifuna people. And the Mayan people, they're into the vaginal steaming, they're also into the uh, Mayan abdominal massage, and all of that stuff is very helpful. Like sometimes women, um, they may have a tilted uterus, mm -hmm. and the massage helps with putting everything in alignment. And then what the vaginal steaming does, it melts all the I guess, uh, stagnant blood from all the years of menstruating and it just makes the uterus cleanse and just receptive for implantation. And that's, I basically, I think that's what my, that was my problem. Mm -hmm. I just needed to be a uh, detox, but not orally. I was drinking things, but none of those things were helping because I think you can drink as much as you want. If you're, if your body is not cleansed internally, it will not really help you so it was a, i needed a total cleanse yeah yes and um like you said you were able to you know purchase the herbs and do it um yourself um there are companies out there that do provide the herbs and what have you would you you know agree with that or would you say buy your own things <laughs> 
Could you explain? Because I actually sell my own herbs. Okay. So that was my question because there's many of them online, right? Okay. And so um, would you, you have it. So I'm sure you would suggest, hey, it's okay from a trusted and reliable, you know, um, vendor, yeah. vendor um, instead of trying to do it yourself. Because I'm thinking for me, like if I were to go out and buy everything, I'd be very confused. Um, so you have your own blend. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, well, like I said, when I did it, the lady, Rosita Arvigo, she explained that it was like basic kitchen herbs. It's mm. stuff that you have in your kitchen. It's like oregano, uh, basil, rosemary. You know, there's other ones that people incorporate, but th th those were the basic ones that, mm -hmm. that uh, I used. And yeah, it's just as long as it's organic, certified organic, Yes. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So to close this out, um, do you have any words of encouragement or advice for women who are going through this journey of trying to conceive? Yes, I have a lot of advice. I would say, first of all, trust in God. Um, he knows he's already planned our future. He knows um, everything about our lives and what what we will accomplish in our lives and he already has it planned we just have to just trust trust the process mm -hmm. but already destined whatever's supposed to be is destined and don't listen to any naysayers there's going to be a lot of naysayers on your journey and just don't listen to them try to block them out as much as you can and don't listen to them and just um just engulf yourself in positivity encouraging mm -hmm. i listen to a lot of sermons those are the things that really had encouraged me music christian music had encouraged me and just always keep your mind positive yeah yes mm -hmm. i love it so natalie how can we um stay connected with you whether through social media website or have you um how can the li listeners connect with you well, I'm most active on my Instagram page. Um, my handle is at Fertility Coach Natalie. So you can follow me there. I try to post something almost every day if I can. Um, I post a lot of reality show videos of people that have gone, they're going through infertility. Mm -hmm. So you can learn. It's very educational. Everyone's story is different. And, so, and I also have a website, blessedfertilitycoaching.com. Awesome. So thank you so much for joining um, the Infertility Podcast. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. Ciao. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.